All right, so uh, thank you, Mike, for joining us. This is uh, Mike Saba with Watson Realty, a local rock star here in Bakersfield, California. Um, I really admire this guy. This is going to be a real treat for, for anybody out there uh, that is wanting to grow their business. Uh, Mike has been in, how, how, many, how many years in the business so far, Mike? Lee, I uh, got my license in March of 1992. Okay, so about 28 years? 28. Good for you. So you got licensed 28 years ago. Um, and Mike, so why, don't, why don't we just start by telling everybody out there, um, you know, because again, this, this podcast here, Mike, is designed to have great people like yourself on here to talk about the opportunities, the, um, you know, some good stuff about what's happening right now. Cause there's opportunity in bad markets, there's opportunity in good markets. And obviously right now, because of the pandemic, there's a lot of negative talk out there. A lot of people, you know, just saying the sky is going to fall. Right. Um, so, you know, how many recessions have you been in since you, you know, you started 28 years ago? Sure. That's a great question. And Leah, something that I talk about to people in that, this is my fourth, fourth recession. It's why I have such white hair. <laughs> so it's so four recessions. Four recessions. Okay. Um, so I, th I think there's a lot of viewers out there, Mike, that are going to take some nuggets from you because of your experience going through these ups and downs in real estate. And so, like, what what are some good takeaways? Some good advice that you might want to recommend, you know, cause I, I've only been through one, you know, and that was, uh, uh, you know, the housing recession back in, you know, 08 to 11. Um, but being that you've been through, this will be your fourth, you know, what kept Mike in the business when there are so many casualties uh, in real estate during these times? Surely, um, several thoughts come to mind. First is, this is the only job I have. This is my career. I don't have a plan B career. I don't have anything else to turn to. So to get through four recessions, three recessions, and to get through this one, I have to make it work. Mm. Nothing else that I can do. Number Sure. Number two, Lee, I think at this time in a recession is you're working with people in sales and helping them. You certainly have to have a helping mindset and empathetic mindset. Sure, our job is to convince people to do things, to call people to action, to get them to sign purchase agreements to sign listing agreements. Ultimately though, we need to lead with empathy, lead with compassion, be helpful, give information. And when you do that, that type stuff comes back uh, to you. Sure. Third, third thing that I've seen in recessions is you have to dramatically Tighten up your schedule, tighten up your day, uh, be prepared to work harder and smarter. Mm. It's not so much putting in uh, more time, 
although more time many times is required. Your schedule, though, has to be super tight. So what's helpful in these type times is, is to think of your time wasters. Think of stuff that you don't really need to do. Think of things you could pay someone at a fair price to do for you. Because your schedule just seriously has to be tight. Those right. make sense. Like, oh, that's great, Mike. I, those are three great takeaways right there. So basically, there, you know, uh, maybe perhaps apply a little bit more pressure to your mindset, right? Knowing that there's no plan B. This is all I've got. I've got to make it work regardless of uh, the circumstances. And then secondly, you said work out of empathy, right? And that's that's such a, a, a good uh, a good way of putting it because I mean, you know, I think that our language and cells uh, 80 days ago was a lot different than our language in today's market, right? For sure. You know, you don't want to put all these fancy, shiny, uh, magic, you know, words together to, you know, be that salesperson because it's not sexy anymore, right? People really want to genuinely be helped. And it's not so much of just, you know, helping them buy a home, helping them sell a home, right? It's also just being basically empathetic and more of a, a confidant, if you would say, right? Than yes. Okay, good. And then lastly, which is normal, is your schedule's got to change, right? So when you say tighten up your schedule, you know, can you give, give us an, uh, some examples as to what you're referring to? Sure. I, my uh, cell phone alarm starts buzzing at four o'clock each day. You know, well, I'll hit a snooze or two. Usually I'm up and rolling by about 4.15. Okay. I like to start my day uh, because I'm a Christian with prayer, reflection, God's word, some encouraging books. And so I do that for the next hour. I'm a reader. I like to read and reading first thing and praying first thing sets the tone for me for the rest of the day. Uh, about 5.30, I take the dog for a walk. Shortly after that, I do some type of exercise, take a run, take a swim, yoga, weights, whatever, whatever I can do. Goals to be at my desk by 7, 7.15, and to practice some scripts, get on the phone with people, take a break for lunch, and then in the afternoon, get out and see people. See people uh, for as long as it takes to get those things handled. See properties, uh, additional prospecting, that type of stuff. So when we all face lockdown on March 15th, immediately realizing that my schedule was important and having this tighter schedule, I started looking at stuff that's wasteful. So what's wasteful? Yeah. Uh, wasteful for me was going to lunch rather than just eating lunch at my house. I do a home office uh, anyway. You have for years though, right? So you I have for a long time. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. yeah. so the first thing that I got rid of, because I had to, was going to lunch because you couldn't go to lunch. Hmm. And 
so what I realized is that's a little more efficient for me. Um, I, I, as all of us realtors have to do, have to look for ways to be involved in the community, serve on groups, uh, volunteer, that type stuff. And I had been with a certain group that I volunteered with consistently for the last 20 years. And as sad as it was to say goodbye, I needed to say goodbye. Now I said goodbye in the right context and, and uh, with the right notice to the group and with the right conversations. And it took the pandemic to kind of reflect on that. And so I see stepping out of that uh, group and that volunteer work for the last 20 years uh, giving me back more time that I've got to use for work. And we all have to use for work, Lee, because again, uh, the schedule becomes more important and in a recession, if we have a recession, yeah, you have to do more to get the same. Uh, let's see, another little time saver is the same time saver that everyone's using, and that is uh, Facebook Live, Zoom, uh, FaceTime, all the different tools out there that allow you to quickly and more efficiently have meetings. They are wonderful. And I guess one day we'll look back and realize it's sad that the pandemic had to give us those tools or to put those tools at the forefront, but we have them, so we got to use them and they save a ton of time. I love it, Mike. That's awesome. You know, it's, it's funny, but I hear a lot of people talking about this is the way it's going to be for the rest of our lives, you know, and, and so we either can, um, you know, learn to adapt and then learn to just understand like, you know, yes, you just have to pivot a little bit. We have to make some adjustments. Like you said, all these virtual type scenarios and, um, and, you know, for a lot of folks, it's very uncomfortable. You know, a lot of them aren't willing to learn to adapt, you know, and, uh, you know, Mike, when I, when I talk to agents, that's one of the biggest issues that they have that they're waiting for it to go away. Right. Well, Mike, when, when is this going to go away? <laughs> Lee, let me pull out my crystal ball. Hang on. <laughs> hey, next week. It's oh, fine. Great. Okay, perfect. Sweet. Well, you, and so you, you understand what I'm saying. We don't know. We, we don't know when it's going to go away or if it's going to go away. Um, you know, so we, you know, if this is your only job with no plan B, well, then you've got to figure it out. Right? Yep. That's good, man. So, so Mike, let me ask you this. Let's, 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 let's pivot ourselves here. So you've been in the business 28 years. Uh, let's talk about production for a moment. So last year, uh, I believe you, you mentioned that you closed 75 transactions. Is that right? 63. 63. I apologize. 63. And what's the goal for this year for 2020? 55. Okay. So we're going to, we're reducing the amount of production that, that we did last year. And is there a particular reason why you, you chosen to adjust your goals down versus keeping the same or moving up? Mm, I think just being uh, respectful of the pandemic, respectful of more people or, or a certain amount of people that aren't going to step into the real estate market to buy or sell. And so that, that's why I reduced it about a deal a month. 
a little less than a deal a month. Sure. Yeah, I mean, and so, and that, that makes perfect sense. I mean, a lot of people have to respect this pandemic and it, it may, you know, we, we can't really, it's tough, I guess, to raise your goals in this type of environment because you got to be realistic too, right? Yep. Yeah. So, so uh, Mike Saba, Watson Realty, where does his business primarily come from? My business priority? No, where, where does the majority of your business come from? Majority of my business, uh, yeah. truly. I have a address book with um, about 3,000 names in it wow. of people I know, people I've done business with, people I pay money to, or people who've paid me money, people who've rented from me, people know my parents, that sort of thing. So I just diligently and on purpose try to reach them by phone, try to reach them on their birthdays, try to engage with them on social and see them out and about with the idea that that'll lead to a real estate transaction. And most, most transactions do come from that. Uh, secondarily, I try and get a hold of expireds each day and uh, more and more and being on purpose about trying to reach for sale by owners uh, right now too. They actually need us. Yep. They didn't need us 80, 80 days ago, did they? Nope. Right. So, so what's the conversation, you know, with, with, you know, being that you, you know, the majority of your business sounds like it comes from your database, people that know you, like you and trust you. Um, and, you know, obviously after 28 years, I, I certainly hope you have 3000 names and numbers of people. And that's quite a bit, by the way. Um, but with the for sale by owner, right. And the expired, has the conversation changed at all since the pandemic? Are they, I'm, I'm assuming that they're a little bit more open to talking to you and, and they have more questions about what's happening, right? Yes. Yes. Both are, um, you know, with the expireds, it seems, Lee, that, that unless they truly want to sell, they really want to be off the market. So the quicker you can engage with them or have that conversation with them, then the quicker you can move on to the next one or not necessarily keep trying to follow up with those folks with the for sale by owner, I think today it's just leading with, hey, are they open to realtors showing their home or do they only want a buyer to contact them directly? I don't think that's the case. I think most of them are open for a realtor to show their home. So the next question is to ask, what do they expect out of a showing? What kind of safety do they uh, want to have uh, part of the showing and just trying to be respectful and understand that. And then the third thing is, is to see if I can preview it and to run and go see it. And as I'm walking through a preview of a for sale by owners to scroll through my, um, my address book and look for someone who maybe could buy it. If I was kind of thinking this kind of funny to your point about where does business come from? It's kind of one of those markets now where I scroll through my address book 
looking to show my clients' homes. You know, over the years, you, everyone in your office, all the realtors that we interact with, sell homes to people. People live in the homes. People maybe haven't thought about selling, but in this market, maybe they would. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to think, which past client can I make an offer on their home? Wow. That's a, that's a very uh, interesting way of doing business. You're, you're, you're pivoting a little bit. Trying to. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's, uh, I was listening to a, uh, an interview with Tony Smith and I think I sent it to you this morning and, and uh, yes, thanks. And Neil Schwartz and there's something that he said, right. But he says that there's, there's uh, four modes on how to run a business. Okay. There's only four. Uh, the first mode would be a growth mode, right? And that's a mode where what we've experienced for the past, you know, six, seven years mm-hmm. as the market just is continuously going up, right? People are spending more money on leads and systems and tools and so on. Yes. The second mode, uh, Mike, is the, the, the protection mode where they're protecting what they still have, okay? Third mode is the retreat mode where they're basically running for the foothills. And then the last mode, which is the worst, would be a surrender mode when you exit the business, right? And so he was, he was talking about how uh, 65% of the Fortune 500 companies that exist in today's market were created during these times when everybody and their grandma is already shifted to protect mode or yep. retreat mode. Because they've, they've done what they, you know, they've basically done a 180 of what everybody else is doing. You know, if nobody's showing up at the office anymore because I'm going to wait for, for this thing to be over with, well, then I'm going to start showing up to work. You know, if nobody's making phone calls, well, then I better pick up the phone and dial. If, uh, if, no, if nobody's calling their, their database like you do so well, Mike, then you should probably pick up the phone and call your database, right? Um, but yet, you know, he was, Tony was saying that we are in growth mode. of our market shifted directly down to protect mode, protection mode, to protect what we still have, right? But 85% of the agents out of that 95% are still either in protect mode or retreat mode. And it's really important for us to wrap our head around that because of the fact that, yes, we do have to protect what we still have for a moment, right? We have to take a step back and, you know, assess everything. For sure. But we also have to get back in the growth mode because there's just so much opportunity out there for you and I, right? Would you get? Would you agree with that, Mike? Oh, completely. Such good stuff, Lee. Thank you. Thanks for sharing that. And boy, if you just took 20 minutes to kind of think on that and chew on what's there, man, there's a ton. Yeah. Thank you for sending me that. Uh, yeah. Interview. Yeah. Enjoy. Enjoy, my friend. Um, all right, so Mike, I got a question for you. You have a very you have good discipline. You always have a good discipline. How do you, you know, with this change that that we're facing, and you've been through three recessions, how do you, how do you keep your discipline on point, so that way you don't deviate to a negative state? Good question. A uh, couple of thoughts. First off, Lee, it's not easy. So you, you have to realize 
that it's going to take careful thought. It's going to take uh, prayer. If you're a praying person, you have to pray for that type of uh, God-given gift to stay cooking inside of you and stay relevant inside of you. I think you have to see it demonstrated in others to, to keep it fresh in your own self. Um, I, as a kid, saw a discipline uh, demonstrated. Uh, my dad was a small business owner in town. He owned his business 50 years. He and his brothers. A food company, they, right? Uh, Save his men's store. Yeah, clothing store. There you go. Yeah, clothing store on Baker Street. And so they did everything themselves. They got up every morning and went to work every day, opened the store on time, uh, stayed as late as was needed and uh, to meet all their customers. So I saw that type of stuff uh, demonstrated from a young age, including with their father, who was my grandfather, who uh, Lee came over as the proverbial broke immigrant from Lebanon, 1915, with a couple bucks in his pocket, and grew and developed that clothing store for them. Wow. So I saw it with, yeah, I saw it with my dad, saw it with my grandfather, uh, saw it with my mother, who's a retired school teacher, and uh, at age 50, trained, and participated in the Hawaii Ironman. Oh man! You're yeah, kidding. and actually won a ribbon. She wow. placed in her age group and uh, made her way through 2.5 miles of swimming, 112 mile bike ride, and then a marathon. And so that type of stuff takes discipline. Sure. Yeah. So I was able to see it, and if you can see it, you can apply it to yourself. I think the third little thing with trying to be disciplined in your business when it's a train wreck out there goes to this point of, okay, have a quick pity party. Have a day where you're maybe really blue and sad and down, but just don't stay there too long. Yeah. Take a half a day, take a day, and then get over it and get back to work. And I did do that. It was probably March 16th, you know, the day after the shutdown. I was kind of spun out like all of us for a half a day. But then I let that pass and have just tried to stay on purpose. Yeah, that's good. So does that answer your question? Yeah, that's perfect. Mike, it's it makes a lot of sense what you said, you know, I mean, it's it's okay to take a day off or or half a day and have uh, that pity party like you were talking about. And um, I appreciate you sharing the story about your folks and save us men's store and, and, and your grandpa was a, 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 tran a, a transfer from Lebanon, which I never knew. Yeah, he did. Yeah, interesting story. Fan, fan, phenomenal businessman. And yeah. all my life, I've just sort of reflected back, gosh, what would grandpa do? What would uh, grandpa do this type of stuff? Yeah, I've learned a ton from this life. That's amazing, and uh, I I don't I come from a hardworking background as well. You know, my you do. Uh, yep. 
my, my grandpa was a, a door contractor from Chicago, uh, relocated his family from Chicago to California, uh, opened up a, a, a door, uh, a door company. And my dad and my uncle, uh, both followed, he had followed in his, uh, in his shoes and basically worked for him. And then as he got older, uh, they took over the business and my dad's, uh, 70, mid seventies. And he's still working right now. He's at work right now. So, you know, Woo. yeah. Um, you got good stock, buddy. <laughs> yeah, <right>. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although they will never dress like you. No, no, they, they, they think, you know, it's funny the way I dress. I mean, I look like an FBI agent half the time. <laughs> you go to the hood with a suit on, they scatter like roaches. Ooh, yeah. But, um, yeah. So Mike, listen, uh, one last question for you. Um, so I'm a new agent. Okay. Or I've been in the business. Um, yeah, let me back up. So basically a monkey could have sold real estate for the past six or seven years. The yep. agent didn't sell the house. The market sold the house. Would you agree? Yes. Okay. So, so being that the market's shifting, we don't know how much of a shift we're expecting or a little too early to tell, I, I guess, you know, um, you know, maybe I'm a, I'm a new agent. Maybe I've been in the business for a year or two and I've just basically been taking orders, selling houses in order to stay in the business and not create a plan B, how, what, what recommendations do you have for that agent out there that really does want to create a business out of real estate? Hmm, sure. That's, that's a good question. And an important one makes me think about the day after my pity party. Hmm. So I had my pity party on March 16th. And then on March 17th, I, I was texting the owners of the company where I work with in, in a little group text. We all agreed that it's back to basics in this market. And it's always back to basics with that type saying when things get tough, when there is a recession, when there is uncertainty. So then you start looking at, okay, well, what does that mean? What does back to basics mean? Well, I, I know you know, Lee, and I know that you ingrain that into the people that you work with. And it means being prepared every day to talk with people about real estate. Not every other day, not, not when you feel like it, every day. Second thing is you have your words and your conversations down precisely, meaning you have to know exactly what to say, uh, how to answer precisely with people and engage them so that they're attracted to you rather than repelled from you. Sure. Number two, you have to, in a back to basics format, have a good concise listing presentation that you can share with someone easily and quickly, and it would be understandable. Uh, on the flip side of that, back to basics, you have to be able to quickly and efficiently show a home and discuss with the buyer purchasing it. Number three, you have to back to basics is regularly call people. Hmm. 
you can't really see people today. So now you really have to be you good at calling people. Yeah, you got to be able to call people. That back to basic thing. Got it. So back to basics is the training and the practice that you do to speak well and come across well. And then the steps you do every day, such as waking up early, following your schedule, contacting the people you need to, taking a break for your mindset, for some exercise, to be with your family, then wake up and do it all over again. Back to basics. That's awesome. So, yeah, so an agent today that's new needs to do that and look carefully at the steps. Some important steps certainly today are giving information and engaging people on social platforms. Um, some other back to basic stuff would be staying in touch, staying in tune with their manager, with their broker, with people who can train them. Uh, and certainly great brokers like yourself train people. So plug back into uh, who's leading you. Awesome. Uh, you know, Mike, it, it's, it's funny you said that um, because 80 days ago when the pandemic before it hit, people were spending money left and right on leads, right? Um, yes. I, I think if I was a gambling man, I would say that Zillow probably has over 100,000 leads that have not been called in the past two months. You know, um, because they, they just stopped calling. Right. And so, you know, when you say getting back to basics, what, what something that I think about, and, and it really resonated when you said that, is the fact that you and I got into the business before there were all of these shiny objects, right? You probably used to dial out a phone book, if, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yes. Right? Um, there's, there's just a lot of things that are so shiny and pricey and it costs money. Uh, you know, it's an investment, but when you get back to basics, like you were talking about, you know, the, the arrival time, the, uh, the prospecting uh, time blocks, the honing your listening presentation to where you, it's very clear, precise, and allows people to understand what you're talking about. Um, uh, you know, talking to your database, you know, talking to people, period. All of that costs nada. True. Right? So, I mean, if, if people want to, you know, I mean, like like going back to this list, you know, uh, the four modes of a business, how it's run, mode two is the protect mode, right? So when during protection mode, we also have to understand, okay, what's working, what's not, what what expenses do I need to cut out of my business right now? Because that's important, you know. And, sure. and here's the thing is that getting back to basics, it's so simple. It's, it's very structured. And I think you said it best, Mike, is that start over again tomorrow, which is usually the hardest thing to do. Totally. Because it's so it's repetitious boredom doing these things that we don't want to do. Right. It is. It is a, and this isn't a slam of our industry, right? But let's be real here on this uh, on this podcast. It is a grind of a job. It is many times boring or dull, mm -hmm. and you don't get immediate results. 
So you got to start over the next day. That, those are the facts. So ideally that new agent or newer agent gets that and is willing to roll with it uh, because it's important. Yeah. It takes a lot of grit and uh, you have to put up with a ton of grind mm-hmm. in this work. Yeah. And uh, would you agree with me about the, the, you know, it's all about creating habits, good habits, right? So for that, sure, that grind that you're referring to actually becomes a habit over time and it becomes a little bit easier uh, the longer that you do it, right? It does. For sure. That's good. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, Mike Saba, Watson Realty, thank you me. so much for your time. Any last words, any last things, any, any last comments that you want to make for anybody out there listening to such a great rock star agent like yourself? Success can be purchased. Go to Men's Warehouse today and buy a blue pinstripe suit, <laughs> just like Lee has on right now, and success is almost guaranteed. There's my tip, Lee. Awesome. Thanks, Mike. Great suit. Thank you. Well, you, I appreciate you very much for your time, man. I know, I know you're busy, busy, my friend. Um, but um, I think there's a lot of good nuggets that you shared with us, and I certainly hope Thank you. Somebody out there can have a few takeaways. And uh, again, if, if anybody's looking for a great agent, Mike Saba, give them a call. Tell them where to find you, Mike. They need you. Lee, thank you. 661-203-8406. That's my mobile. You can text or call anytime. Perfect. Mike Saba, Surfing Bakersfield. Lee, thanks again. Yep. You have a good day, Mike. Talk to you soon. Thank you. See ya.